movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 144. If you haven't already seen the title or haven't already seen this movie, we're going to be dipping deep into the spoiler territory for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings this week. This is going to be a full spoiler discussion. Nothing is off limits, so if you have not seen Shang-Chi, tune in for the news and then you are free to peace out. Um, But if you have seen Shang-Chi and want to hear our thoughts, or if you just don't care about spoilers... Follow us in the discussion this week as both Josh and I will have very positive things to say about this movie. Josh in particular, because I'm proud to say, I Josh was the first person I texted after I got out of the theater Friday uh, before I went to work. I saw the movie and I, as soon as I got out of the theater, I'm like, I have a feeling this is going to be Josh's favorite MCU movie. <laughs> and I was not far off in that assessment no, at, all. at all. I texted him like, it's going to be your favorite. He's just like... All right, because we know on the pod how much you love Ragnarok, but... Um, yeah, but, like, at the same time, I love a good martial arts movie. And <laughs> this is this is made for Josh. I This is, like, I have so many thoughts and so much to say. The, before, I, without dipping into the spoilers, the moment I knew that I was in for something special, I was walking up to my theater. We got there super early because it wasn't assigned seating, so we wanted to make sure that mm. we got a good seat. Um, so we were there, like, as the other one, as the previous group was coming out, and literally we saw a couple walk, come out of the movie, wait for two minutes, and then walk back in to go see the next scene. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all this, right, we're in for something here. This movie feels like it was specifically targeted for Josh and addresses <laughs> Josh's complaints with the MCU. Like, we'll delve into it yeah. in the discussion, but, like, a lot of the nitpicks Josh has had with the MCU over the past decade, like, yep. the MCU's just like, uh, that annoying Josh Johnson, we've got to appease <laughs> him and him alone for this movie. But apparently, it's not just Josh that's happy with this movie. This is, like uber high on critics and audience scores and as we'll get into on our news topic later crushing it at the box office and it's saving the box office unlike the likes of oh any other movies that have come along recently um before we get into that i'm trying to think if i've watched anything other than shang chi recently um work's just been a little crazy so i haven't had prime viewing times but should be able to watch something by next week. But other than Chung-Chi, which I really, really want to just re-watch that a few more times. It's, it's just so good. Josh, besides Chung-Chi, you watching anything else? All right, let's see. So this week I watched season one of Into the Badlands because my dad has discovered net- binging Netflix. Um, so Into the Badlands, uh, Frontier season one as well. Uh, and then for Kicks and Gigs... Um, I'm kind of working on some side projects and stuff like that. I've got a lot of time in the mornings now, and like I, my brain feels most active and, and productive in the morning, so I've been doing more writing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to revisit some of my favorite like, movies that aren't that didn't do well and see, see what you know they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, blah, blah, blah. So I watched Prince of Persia, and then which is just – it's still so good. Like, so good. Easy 9 out of 10. Like, so I don't know good. if I go that high, but I, I love it. No, man. I after rewatch, I definitely go that that high. Yeah, the plot's predictable, and like, yeah, it's a video game movie, but like, Jake is so magnetic. It's He's hard so baby faced in that movie. It's so good. It is so hard to not cheer for him. Um, Have I ever told you about the Mbaku? 
<laughs> and like my dad Mbaka, not Mbaku. That's somebody else. Mbaka. Mbaku is the, the is king Black of the Panther. Movies. Um, um, but my dad and my youngest brother had never seen it, and they watched it with me, and they're like, "That's great!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fantastic. I know." Um, and then I watched John Carter again. Um, that is not as good as I remember it. Oh, you shut up! You shut up! I bro, watch it. The slow stuff is unbearably slow. Like the scenes between um, John and the princess when they're like talking about cause and stuff like that. It, uh, it's like cringy sci-fi, but like not the good kind of cringy sci-fi. It's it hurts a little bit. I'll have to, none to... of that. I'll have none of that <laughs> blasphemy. I'm not saying I love love it any less because it still holds a very special place in my heart, but like. It definitely was eye-opening to be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, there's certain aspects of sci-fi and fantasy that don't exactly work if you don't do them. Anyway, it was just cool. And then, of course, I watched Shang-Chi, and it was fantastic. And I literally wanted to go do be like that couple. And as soon as I left the theater, I was like, I want to see it again. Let's go. Mm -hmm. uh, and before we get into the news and before we get into our discussion, we will try our best to pronounce things correctly. But if a... Shang-Chi yeah. slips out instead of a Shang or Shang-Chi slips out. Sean. I think, like, <laughs> is it just Shang or is it, like, Sean with a G type of pronunciation, like a Shang? I, I, from what I got in the movie, I'm pretty sure it's, like, Shang-Chi. It's, it's, it is not Shang. It's not Shang-Chi. I know that's the like, one that's, that it is not. That's literally how, that's literally how, the joke, though. It's like, why, why did you change your name to, sh to, to sh Sean? Because his name is Shang-Chi. Yeah, it's exactly, so I don't, so that's how we, I got. If we let a Shang-Chi out, we're, we're trying to not, but it's so hard as Westerners to not say it, how it's literally spelled, and it's got a yeah. different inflection. So, without further ado, let's get into some news, because we've got some stuff, most mostly positive. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, kicking us off in the news, we've got good news. Very, very good news. As Shang-Chi is on its way to more or less saving the box office for the time being. As Shang-Chi is way, way over-delivering at the box office. As I believe the opening weekend was close to like 83 million. And then the four-day weekend with Monday's total pushed it over 90 million domestically. Which at least for me, is just really, really gratifying just because, as we talked about on the podcast not too long ago, Bob Chapek just seemed to not give two flying craps about this movie. He just went on record like, we're going to release this theatrically because we see this as a really interesting experiment to which all the actors and people involved, but especially Shang-Chi himself, Simu Liu, was just like, we are not an experiment. We are the first Asian-led superhero movie. We are not an experiment. We are a major step forward because Chapek's just an idiot. I think a lot of people underestimated the box office potential for this movie. Um, both you and I were like, this could very well be a lot like a Black Panther of representing a culture and a demographic that has not been as well represented on the big screen as it potentially could be. So I think this is a great, great sign and... 
because Sony is the most reactionary company in the world, even more so than Warner Brothers, I think due to the success of Shang-Chi, Venom Let There Be Carnage has been moved up two weeks to October 1st now instead of October 15th, so it's not coming off the same day as Halloween Kills anymore. That's right, you move aside for the great lord that is Michael Myers, their <laughs> Venom. But I think this is a really, really positive sign. I know there's so many people going into this going, this will be Disney's first flop. Even I got the sense within Marvel that this was a movie that they were happy with. But I don't know about you, Josh, but it just feels like lately all the press and all the attention we've heard is very Eternals focused of Kevin Feige whenever he's asked. It's just like, we're really excited about the Eternals. Uh, Chloe Zhao knocked it out of the park with the Eternals. We're like, that's cool. But I want to see this guy split kick dudes on a bus and that split kicking dude ended up delivering one of the best origin movies in the entire mcu but do you see this as a positive trend for movies are you surprised about the box office numbers what do you think of shang chi just crushing it at the opening weekend josh i it's extremely gratifying because i think this movie needed to do really well um i mean yes i can kind of i feel bad because this movie was totally for me, and I am super down for this kind of movie, but I understand a little bit where Chapek would be coming from as far as a quote-unquote experiment, because this leans, a little bit of spoilers, leans really heavy into Chinese mythology and stuff like that, and I don't know why, like, I, I can see people... I actually have friends who were like, yeah, I wasn't really interested in it. And I was like, no, like, it's really, really good. Like, go see it. Um, and now because of word of mouth, they're going to go see it. So I can kind of see where Chip, somebody like Chapek would be like, well, this movie is kind of different. And to, in, in, in my opinion, all the best ways it's different. Um, it, it takes its source material very seriously, and I appreciate the crap out of that because it had been very easy to just turn this into a, a movie full of just Asian stereotypes. Um, that being said, it's crazy to me that we're in a place in, in, the, in the world where an $80 million opening is considered a big deal. I mean, e like, you know, even without yeah, the I mean, pandemic, I think that would be a big deal. Yeah. Even without the pandemic. I, I, because I, the I weird agree. thing is, I... um, this is a Labor Day weekend record, which is just bizarre mm -hmm. to me. That the previous record holder was Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007, which made 35 what? million. I'm going, first of all, why the heck do you release a Halloween movie over Labor Day weekend? And two, that's it? That's the record? People have off 35? Labor Day. You, why don't we put like the last big gasp of a summer blockbuster there? That's It's weird to me that that was the previous record holder and such a low number. But this like shattered that record by almost threefold. Um, yeah. I think the big takeaway for this and my big question is I don't want to keep like moving the goalpost. But I think it's important to think about of, yes, this opening weekend was great. What's the second weekend going to look like? And I think... This time around, as opposed to some other movies, I think the second weekend will be strong due to word of mouth. Black Widow had a really strong opening weekend, but then just crapped the bed second weekend because of premiere access and mm -hmm. it was pirated like crazy. This, because it's only theatrical, 
there's going to be i'm not saying there's going to be no pirating that will always be a thing but there'll be significantly less pirating word of mouth Mm -hmm. will get people to go back to it also more importantly there's like no direct competition for this movie for the rest of the month the next movie that Mm -hmm. might challenge it is venom and then um james bond's no time to die but those aren't until october so this movie will probably go unchallenged for the rest of the month that's nothing but fantastic news this movie should easily go to that 500 600 million dollar mark and right now in the pandemic era fast fast nine fast nine is the Mm -hmm. top box office movie i don't think that's staying much longer um no because we're do- it's doing really, really well domestically. I haven't seen internationally, but I'd imagine internationally it's going to do pretty well, too. It's got the big names overseas, like uh, Tony Leung and Michelle Yeoh, who are phenomenal in the movie. This this movie doesn't feel like it's catered to a foreign audience, but it's made with a foreign audience in mind. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not... It's not like mm, Transformer sequels where they're blatantly just going, let's go over to China and Japan just so we can say it's got international appeal. It This has purpose and intentionality yeah. behind yeah. what it's doing. So I think this time around, we've had several what I'll call false starts in terms of hope for the box office. Like Godzilla vs. Kong did very well opening weekend. Black Widow did pretty decent opening weekend. But all those movies had home distribution fast and furious i don't think had the strongest of weekends but it's it's just been steady because it hadn't really had that much competition i see the exact same thing happening here to shang chi and for most studios i think the success of shang chi and it being a theatrical only release will signify the end of delays however not uh, for not for every studio but we'll get into that a little later um josh mm-hmm. how much of an eye are you keeping on the second weekend? Do you think it's important? Not? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think it's pretty important. Uh, I think you and I always talk about how the success of a movie isn't necessarily only opening weekend. It's the legs that it has afterwards. Greatest showman. Um, to me, that yeah, that that's to me how you can tell if a movie's doing well. Um, I hope it does really well in the second weekend. I hope that more people go see this film. Not just because I loved it, but I think it's the – we keep saying it's the start of the new phase, like, uh, after every project that comes out. But, like, this is, like, the start. This is the film start of the new phase. And, boy, howdy, am I ready. (laughs) Yeah, I I think this should give – studios and theaters a lot of confidence going forward. You made a really good movie. You didn't put it online. Uh, you're just getting phenomenal word of mouth. It's going to go unchallenged for a while. This should be a recipe for box office success. And I'm going to go on record now. Uh, we can obviously fact check this next week. But I think this weekend, it will have less than a 50% drop at the box office. Which, okay. if you, if for movies, that's a really good thing. You you want to aim for that yeah. 50 I think it will fall under that 50%. So I think next this weekend, it'll make... 40 to 45 million dollars this weekend just because i don't think it's really going to have any major competition i think it's going to have really really strong legs going forward and i think this was the start of phase four that it that marvel really actually needed because this movie we'll get more into it in the discussion shang chi truly does feel like the start of a new era it feels not like iron man in terms of setting up new things but kind of like iron man so to speak 
Well, we talk about great starts to things with Shang-Chi. Now it seems like we might definitively have some not-so-pretty endings for some other things, as Joe and Anthony Russo, the Russo brothers, who have given us some of the best movies in the MCU so far, with their first one being Captain America the Winter Soldier, all the way up to Avengers Endgame. It seems like due to the Scarlett Johansson debacle over at Disney, their futures seem rather uncertain as to whether or not they'll be rejoining the MCU in any capacity due to wondering how they'll be compensated going forward. Uh, I'm normally one to bag on Chapek, and rest assured, I will bag on Chapek for sure in this. However, (laughs) my first initial reaction when I saw this was, wait, the Russo brothers were coming back to begin with? Like, I, th- yeah. I I, thought after Endgame, they're like, yeah, we've done our part, we're bowing out, and we're working on some other stuff. And not to be mean, but um, so far their projects have not really worked out too well outside of the MCU. Because as much as we all love Chadwick Boseman, 21 Bridges did not do particularly well. Their most recent movie, Cherry, with our boy Tom Holland, did not also do very well and was not received too well it was accused of oscar baiting pretty hard so we're kind of wondering how much of this was you and how much of this was kevin feige i i would like to see them back just because i thought they were really really excellent fits for the mcu i don't think they did a single bad movie i know josh does not like civil war but from a film perspective from a film perspective civil war is not a bad movie at all it's one of the best ones uh winter soldier is still my favorite mcu movie um josh that has been replaced for him for something else. Yep, Shang Chi. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and Ragnarok probably for you. Um, yeah, it's probably still up, higher. Up, up too. I would like to see them back, but at the same time, this is not surprising. We knew that the Scarlett Johansson thing was going to cause massive ripple effects, and this just seems to be the first domino to officially fall. We've heard some rumblings of some other people that have been dissatisfied. Um, Josh, were you expecting the Russo brothers to come back at any point? Um, does this surprise you though, that they are even more hesitant about coming back now? Thoughts? I mean, (laughs) I'm with you. I was like, ah, they were coming back. Uh, they, there was no announcement. Uh, what in the world? Um, but there's also the part of me that was like, well, guys, the pro the men of disney have had no problem getting compensation so i don't know what you're so worried about but maybe it's a statement who knows i don't know i don't know what's going nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes but at the same time um i i can appreciate someone or a group of people being like you know what this company is known for not compensating a cert- certain kinds of directors and producers so so we're not going to work for them. So I appreciate that, if that's the case. Um, I don't know, dude. I just the 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 lawsuit thing has me, is a lot of I I don't know what's going to happen because it, it does have the potential to to put a pretty big dent in Disney, if not hurt them significantly. Um, I don't think financially, but yes, we'll I'll delve into yeah, that more. It's it's. I don't know, man. I'm kind of with you. Like the the Russo brothers haven't exactly done much since Endgame. Um, that's really anything to shake a stick at. Twenty One Bridges is a cool movie, just didn't do well. So it's it, it but it's you know, <sighs> yeah. 
it's I kind of don't I don't want to say I don't care, but like okay, so <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, with fan culture, we're so we're so very much like we try and avoid it, but we're obviously guilty of this too. Of what have you done for us lately? And lately, the Russos really. Yeah haven't done a lot it's so to speak uh you talked about disney being damaged by the scarlett johansson thing i don't think they'll be damaged too much financially just because they're disney they've got all the money in the world especially since they jacked up the prices for annual passes and they're just nickel and diming you any chance they can get nowadays no thanks to jpeg um yeah paid fast pass what is this bull as i clamor <laughs> that universal has had paid fast passes for years and i don't complain about there um <laughs> the hypocrisy of me but uh you said it won't hurt them financially which i agree with because uh, at most by have 30 50 million dollars maybe which is pocket change for them i think it'll hurt them in terms of getting new talent going forward i think this has really hurt relations which in the long term could absolutely hurt you financially if it doesn't show up directly like image is important for a company as much as we will never fully know the full story Warner Brothers is still feeling it to this day with the Ray Fisher-Walter Hermada situation. We don't know all the details there, but people get in fiery debates about that. And Warner Brothers' reputation, as much as we like DC stuff, Warner Brothers' reputation still to this day is... Is there a reason you're putting movies like Batgirl and Blue Beetle on HBO Max instead of in theaters? Like, it just seems a little awkward. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this... I don't blame them at all. It doesn't surprise me, but it is kind of like a, well, I didn't think you were coming back to the MCU to begin with. Um, As far as we know right now, the current standing with the Scarlett Johansson thing in Disney is that like Disney's hoping to settle. I'm just like, um, of course you are. Can we take this out of court? And it's, there's like legal and financial reasons why both of them should consider it. But at the same time, Scarlet, go get your money. It's your money, and you need it now. Like, Disney wants to more or less take this out of court just for the public image of, like, we want this to go away, even Mm -hmm. if it means them having to pay a little extra. Like, it's basically hush money at this point. But, yeah, it's it's tarnishing their brand, but it's no one's fault but Disney. They, They brought them on themselves, and we've said for a while that if they don't repair things and repair things quickly, they're gonna lose some people, not just actors, like the Rooster Brothers. You and I both think James Gunn is probably on his way out after mm-hmm. Guardians 3. Um, can't really say Taika Waititi because Taika is doing his Star Wars thing. I think Taika is going to be in there the long haul. But I would not be surprised if we see some Disney people jump a ship, not yeah. just to Warner Brothers, but to, to Paramount or to Universal, to other studios. If Disney continues to treat their talent like they are, not just mm-hmm. on camera, but behind the camera like the Russo brothers who have made billions and billions of dollars for Disney. And if Disney doesn't want to work with them or meet them on their terms, then yeah, Disney, Disney, you deserve to lose them to better people. Mm-hmm. Now, next up. um, Oh, boy. I don't know how I feel about this. First off, <laughs> I don't think I realized that Zack Snyder was doing the new Aquaman movie. Because... Wait, re- Oh, oh! I look guess. at that suit. It's just like <laughs> Zack Snyder did it himself. Now, I joke, I but uh, <laughs> James Wan recently took to social media, so did Jason Momoa, and revealed the new Aquaman suit for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, 
why did you have to mess with perfection? Like, the gold and the green is literally perfect. Now, yeah. uh, as much as I love Aquaman, and I've read some of the newer stuff, like New 52 onward, I don't think I've actually ever realized that during the 80s, he had a blue suit, and everyone's coming out of the woodwork going, oh, oh, oh yeah, I, I've always known that Aquaman had a blue suit in the comics <laughs> at one point. I'm just like, just just stop. I'll, even I can admit, I didn't know this was a thing. That being said, I don't like it, but <laughs> but I will wait to see how it plays out in the movie. Yeah. Like, as much as I don't like the night monkey suit in Spider-Man Far From Home, it's at least explained in the narrative of why he's wearing it as opposed to a Spider-Man suit, even if it is really, really flimsy logic of, oh, he's in a different suit. That clearly isn't Spider-Man, even though he moves and has the exact same power set as Spider-Man, like. Come on now, you you just want to that sell more toys. Okay. Like they clearly <laughs> just want to sell more toys, but whatever. Yeah. I I'm more actually surprised because this is gonna be a weird detail to be hung up on. I thought Momo was gonna be more blonde for this movie. I thought he teased that he was gonna have more blonde this time around, like his normal long flowing hair, yeah. but more blonde this time. So he's closer to like the Justice League animated series. In which case, if we get that type of Aquaman out of Momoa oh like Savage King uh Arthur dude yes uh I here's the thing looking at it I actually I don't it's kind of growing on me it's still the color though of you really nailed it with the orange and green but the pattern and the overall layout of the suit I think I could get used to it again yeah. it's how it's used in the movie I I kind of am tempted to do a mock-up of what would this suit and its detailing look like with the Aquaman colors, like have the gold on top and the green on bottom, because texture-wise, it might actually work better, because the texture looks not too bad, but again, we'll see how it plays into the movie, whether this is like um, a scene or if this is the suit that he's wearing for the majority of the movie. Now, they did say he will still have his gold and green suit in this movie. This is... This is a secondary suit, a stealth suit for certain missions. I'm going, so toy sales. That's what this is. <laughs> That's what it always comes down to. Josh, I'm sure you're going to be more yeah. positive about this than me because I'm always negative Nelly, but what do you think? <laughs> I Yeah, I don't mind it. Sure, why not? I think to me, if anything, this confirms that to me that they're going to uh, going to kind of try to rehab the, the lost kingdom of the, the trench. Um, which, you know, it'd be really cool if, uh, you went to the trench and lost a hand. It'd be, just be so amazing. I, I oh, think the wow. chances are getting oh, better wow. and better, man. I think yeah. the chances Especially are getting better if, and better. If they go to the trench and he's like, quote unquote, supposed to be stealthy. This is Arthur Curry we're talking about, bro. Like, there's nothing, nothing stealthy about this man. <laughs> He so, literally goes uh, into battle surfing on a parademon and screaming in delight. <laughs> My man! He, he literally, like, Pete, when they were like, hey, like, we need water to open this, this artifact, he's like, I could have just peed on it. Like, this is the man. We're like, all right, dude, you're going to stealth your way into, into the Lost Kingdom, and we're going to save, you know, all these people, blah, 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 blah. Um, and nothing bad's going to happen. Uh, no, like, get out of here. I, I don't, I don't mind the suit. It's fine. Like, you know, I'm kind of waiting to see how it's going to be, uh, used in the, sh in the movie to, to really have any judgment. 
don't mind it. I'm fine. I'm, I don't think this is the final thing. I don't think that's his final hair. Um, I think I wouldn't reveal the blonde hair right off the bat either, especially with DC fandom right around the corner. Um, oh, good call. Good call. I got the good calls, my man. But also, um, um, the blonde hair, to me, at least makes sense because I appreciate that his hair is kind of gross and stringy in that picture. Mm-hmm. Because if you're underwater, that's going to happen. <laughs> no way, really? But, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't mind the suit. It's fine. I agree. It's probably it's mostly just for toy sales. But uh, you can't really, like, fight them on it because it's a comic book <laughs> movie. So... And yeah, I don't even really know how much. Well, no, no, I'll take that back. I was gonna say I don't know how much toy sales actually factor in anymore, but like I was kind of wondering the same do. thing because like I don't feel like I see as many toys nowadays in stores like Walmart mm-hmm. and Target. Like I still see them, but like when we were kids, I felt like there was more of that. Like that, I felt like was mm-hmm. almost more of a um financial success for studios than the actual movies themselves hence why power rangers was a thing for so long whether you watched it or not you still bought the toys but yeah i'm i'll be very curious to see stealth aquaman because because this (laughs) version of aquaman is not stealth i'm just picturing like a leroy jenkins moment of like mara volko and someone else has like got this plan just like all right, here's what we need to do. And then Aquaman just comes in. All right, thumbs up. Let's do this. All right, mommy. <laughs> just, <Leroy! run. laughs> just runs in full gusto with it. Just trying yeah. to just like running full speed ahead. That's. But I mean, like, this is the same guy. In in the first Aquaman movie, they were like, him and Mera are like, how are we going to get through all these creatures to get down to the bottom of the trench? And Arthur's like, I don't know. We can just dive in there and hope for the best. Like, yeah. Like, come on, man. I mm, which, I don't know how stealthy he's going to be. Which the whole Mera thing is its own separate situation yeah. here. Hmm. Of people rightly so. They're like, the suit's okay, but... um. Why are we still sticking with Mara? And we don't want to get into all that here, but I'm like, yeah, I think Warner Brothers is really underestimating this whole fan backlash to Amber Heard thing. Like, I don't think it's going to go over well. I'm not saying the movie will drastically suffer because she's still in it. However, I do believe people when they say they're not going to see this movie in theaters because of her. I know a lot of times... People will talk big, and then they'll still end up seeing the movie anyway. This is one of those times that I could see people and their fervent love of Johnny Depp going, Yeah. nope, I will not see this. And rightly so. If, if he doesn't have a job, she doesn't have a job until the whole situation gets worked out, in my mind. Like, we don't know the full story. If one of them has to sit on the bench, then both of them has to sit on the bench in timeout until yeah. we get this thing figured out. I, I, Yeah, but, like, at this point, if they're waiting to voice those physically voice those opinions until the movie's out she's already gotten paid so it's not like that really affects a whole lot true so we talked about shang chi saving the box office but apparently mm-hmm. paramount don't care paramount wants the world <laughs> to be a hundred percent back to normal and totally safe before they release any movie whatsoever which is kind of the trend that Sony's been following. But in my mind, Sony has at least had good reason why, because Sony themselves does not have a streaming service and they rely on the box office revenue. Paramount's decision to move Top Gun Maverick, the next Mission Impossible, and Jackass Forever, I actually 
strongly disagree with this move because Sony, as I said, they need the box office revenue because they don't have a streaming service. Paramount does, guys. Paramount Plus is a thing. And they are not taking their own streaming service seriously. Paramount Plus is an afterthought for so many people. You've got Disney Plus, you've got Netflix, you've got Hulu as the big dogs. Then in your B tier, you've got HBO Max, um, Shudder, Tubi, I don't know, some other streaming services. Then you've got 50 Feet of Crap, and then you've got Paramount Plus, which from all understanding, they're they're good for like catching up with old shows like Nickelodeon stuff, mm-hmm. but Paramount keeps announcing these things like the Seth Rogen TMNT movies. They've got multiple TNT reboots in the works or all their Star Trek projects. Are you serious about this streaming service or not? Now I've been decrying for a while movies being day and date release, but at least some of these can go on your streaming service. Like don't get me wrong. I was not looking forward to Jackass forever, but that one would be a perfect one to put on Paramount Plus. Don't delay it anymore. Just say, now exclusively playing on Paramount Plus. We're getting a Paranormal Activity later this year on Paramount Plus. This is a move that I really do not understand. Sony, sure, I get it. They more or less lend out their IPs to other people. Paramount Plus, are you actually being serious about wanting your product to do well? Maybe you charge like 10 15 bucks for people to watch it on paramount plus i know we decry that strategy but you've got to do something and this is just bizarre to me like yeah this also keep in mind this announcement was made like a day or two after no day or two before we found out about shang chi's box office so now paramount looks real dumb of going all right we don't think the box office is safe we're gonna delay some of our highest profile movies and jackass um so then Shang-Chi comes out and destroys the box office. Now Paramount's just going, balls. Like, <laughs> there's no way they look good in this, man, right? Or yeah, do you see different? No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think you're underestimating the appeal of Jackass. Oh, no. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm saying that because Jackass, I think it would do well on Paramount Plus because I think as a movie, make a solid 50 to 75 million. Like, I think there is an audience for it, but it's not as high profile as Mission Impossible or Top Gun. I think those two movies, because they're bigger budgets, are more... That's fair. Okay. Jackass Jackass will make its money back because it has a budget of like $2. So, (laughs) but don't get me wrong, I I understand that Jackass will always have a market, despite people eye-rolling at the trailer and going... Even Bro, me who didn't that's watch a, such a great I actually trailer. I don't mind the trailer because even as someone that didn't watch Jackass, I've never seen a single movie, you kinda do get that nostalgia from the way that they play off the trailer of going Just get your buddies together and watch some dumb movie like you used to. I'm like, I I understand that a lot. Yeah. And I think that's a smart play for that trailer. But I I don't understand the rationale. That that to me is a movie that would fit well on streaming, but yeah, I see. And even then, I think pushing it back that far, I just, that feels like a summer movie. That feels like, hey, it's summer for the sake of it. 
let's go see Jackass Forever like we used to as kids, or let's go see, even like Top Gun Maverick feels like a great summer movie to go see with your your your, your, your dad that you haven't talked to, your, back home from college from your first year or second year or whatever, time to spend some time with your dad because you realize that your relationship isn't that strong. Um, and then, <laughs> not speaking from experience, don't worry about it. Um, that but like, got be like, very hey. dark real quick, man. <laughs> Josh is going through like, some things, man. <laughs> I just, like, it, I feel like to push it that, like, that far back is... And by extension, we're moving Mission Impossible from the summer to now a fall movie, which is yeah, bizarre. Yeah, so weird. That's a f- summer movie, which is crazy. Ten years ago, we would not be ha- call- saying summer was a good time for movies. But, like, that is a summer movie. Like, 10, 15 years? Like, summer movies. Summer is always really the best time for movies, though. Nah, now it is. No, um, summer, summer blockbusters are not a new thing, man. They've been around since Jaws. Summer yeah. blockbusters? There's certain movies that, yes, you see them and you're like, yeah, that's specific season. Halloween but, should never come out in summer, H2O. Um, <laughs> as much okay, as I love H2O. Enough, fair enough. As much well, as I love H2O, regardless. that should never have come out in the summer. <laughs> I still feel that Mission Impossible is, that's a summer movie just as much as James Bond is. Yeah. And which is now I, a fall release. I know, which I think... James Bond, you can kind of get. I don't know. James Bond, I can always see as a Thanksgiving type movie. Yeah, yeah, like you're in town to see your family. You and your cousins want to go see some trash movie, so you go watch a James movie of James Bond movie. Um, Anyway, uh, but wow, yeah, it's. I think especially somebody spitting Josh's coffee today. Boom, boom, boom. Too bad I'm not having coffee. I'm having a monster. Anyway, um, not a bang. (laughs) No, not bangs. Not today. I uh, I was working two jobs for like a week, and I was like, I'm gonna need something to keep me going. And for some reason, my brain was like, Hey, you know those mango juice monsters? Let's get like a twelve pack of those. And so and drink I'm just them all like, at once. Yeah. No. No. But regardless, I think before maybe, but definitely after the bo- opening box office of Shang Chi, I think that. This doesn't look. That's not a good move by Paramount. No. Just to make that assumption of that people who are, especially just, I don't know, just make that assumption about people that the box offices aren't, aren't ready just because you can't blow it out of the water with you know, twenty million is like kind of, I don't know. That feels like kind of like greedy. Like if we can't make three times our budget back, it's not worth it. Like, I, I hear you, but. To be fair, mm. though, Paramount has been in desperate need of hits, like big hits, because mm-hmm. Paramount as a studio has been really struggling financially. Um, so maybe they really do need the box office money. But at the same time, like moving, let's say Jackass Forever, moving that till next summer, do you really think that's going to make a big difference at the box office? Like, I, I don't think it makes a big difference because... I think that is a movie that even if it only makes $30 million total, you're still in the positive for that. Because like I said, that has a budget of like $2. And if Eric Andre was available that day or not, like Jackass, no matter how much money makes at the box office, will be lucrative. One, because it'll always be an audience for stupid things. But two, it's just cheap to make. And so like whether it makes 30 
or $60 million, maybe it's just me, doesn't seem like it's going to be that big of a difference. Now, Mission Impossible and Top Gun, I can understand, but Top Gun was coming out in December. That's still a long way off. You still had time to make this judgment call. It's not like Sony going, we're going to change Venom's release date like five times, and the last one, we're going to move it up. Like, if Shang-Chi did not do well, I think they would have moved Venom again just because. They would have kept moving that goalpost. But, yeah, I this is a dumb move to me, I think. Yeah, it's just dumb all the way around, I think. I, I don't know. I think it just, even no matter how much money you're getting back from Jackass, like, it just feels like, I mean, use the example of uh, New Mutants, of, like, <clears throat> everybody is super, I'm not going to say super hyped, but, like, the community that wants to see Jackass is forever, is, like, super excited about it, and it's, like, and then you just moved it back a year, and you just hope that they're still going to go see it. I mean, they probably will, because we're all stupid, but that's not, the, that's not the point. But you know you know what I'm saying. Like, it's just... I don't know. Lastly, for our news, is a really, really surprising one, just because I never thought this movie would actually get a sequel, and that is Gavin O'Connor's The Accountant, starring Ben Affleck, mm. is slated to be getting a sequel. Now, Josh highly recommended this movie to me a while back, and I finally saw it, and it was fine it was average i think my expectations were a little too high just because uh i love gavin o'connor warrior is one of my favorite movies of all time we will always rave about how much we love that movie here on the podcast uh i believe he also did miracle which i also really really enjoy Mm -hmm. and i love ben affleck i thought this movie was whatever i thought it was kind of dull not everyone's best foot forward i thought the brother relationship just felt really kind of just tacked on at the last minute like Mm -hmm. it felt like whatever gavin o'connor's going through in his personal life he just really has a thing for brothers fighting against each other and i don't think the brother dynamic worked in this nearly as well as it did in warrior there's a lot of different aspects to this that i think were interesting on paper but i don't think necessarily worked too well in the movie and that's why I think a sequel would be a good idea. Um, flesh this out a little more. Actually, I wouldn't have done a sequel. I would have done a TV show, like an HBO-type show. If HBO was doing a series of this, of the story of Ben Affleck's accountant on a day-to-day basis, for those that don't know, he's is high-functioning autism. Um, so he's really, really good with numbers, but also he's very, very dangerous. So basically, picture a nerdy John Wick except not as yeah. cool as John Wick, basically. Um, I think that would lend itself better to a series than a movie. That being said, I'm a shill for Gavin O'Connor. You tell me he's doing anything, then I'm going to be interested. I'm still sad that yeah. he left the Suicide Squad, because as much as I love what James Gunn did with it, I was very curious to see what Gavin O'Connor was going to do with it, too. Um, Josh, as someone that's more of a fan of The Accountant than I was, does the prospect of a sequel interest you, or are you just kind of whatever? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, okay, sure, why not? I don't see why not. I'm always down for more action movies, especially something that's a little bit more unique, like The Accountant is. Like, it, the first one is a little dull, and it, there's not a lot of stuff that works too great, but I like the idea, and I like The Accountant character himself. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing another one, seeing what we can do with it. I mean, if... If anything, uh, 
John Wick has proved that your second outing can be a better outing too. Like you can get better with every movie. You don't have to get worse. So well, who knows? I will say though that John Wick started off on a better foot. Like there's no bad that's, John Wick movie. They just keep kind of keep building on and improving upon each fair. other. The first John Wick I think is better than the first Accountant. But I will agree with you. I think that the the lore and the universe that they set up is interesting in the Accountant. Not nearly as interesting as John Wick, but that's just because John Wick has done such a fascinating mm-hmm. job with its lore. But yeah, this is a very different type of action movie that I, I think could be interesting to explore more, even if the first one didn't necessarily connect super well with me. I think the cast is interesting. How much of the cast do you think would come back for a second one? Obviously, Ben Affleck would probably come back. Do you see both J.K. Simmons and John Bernthal, or do you see their parts kind of being done with? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'll say J.K. Simmons just because I love seeing him in anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if he's not busy doing other things. Um, <clears throat> but, Commissioner you know, Gordon. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Uh, yeah. Whiplash 2. Whiplashed. Stop. <laughs> you'll be Stop. rushed and you'll be dragged. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's fine. J.K. Simmons can come back. I don't care. <laughs> Starring the Miles Bank Teller. Watch, watch them bring uh, Matt Damon, but like it's his character from Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> you joke, you joke. <laughs> but I would pay good money to see a Goodwill Hunting and the Accountant crossover. Although Ben Affleck is it, in Goodwill Hunting, yeah, it so that really doesn't really work. work yeah. Unless Ben Affleck like kills the other bum Ben Affleck, bum Affleck, like. <laughs> That could be interesting. Or the accountant and Jason Bourne crossover. <laughs> I just, yeah. Ooh, I'm here for ooh, it. Better yet, ben Aff- better yet, Ben Affleck was the accountant for Treadstone. He was the num- he was the bookkeeper for Treadstone in the Bourne movies. Like he's- Let it die. Let that series die. It's okay. It's a, You got three really solid movies and legacy. Like, and, well, sorry, four. Four pretty solid movies and legacy. So... Really what's legacy? Need... What's what's the born legacy? That's the the one that doesn't have Matt Damon for some. The reason. one that doesn't exist that they never made. Look, I've been the saying the one that has Oscar okay. Isaac in it. You know, yeah, and Jeremy <laughs> Renner. Oscar Isaac, as much as I love him, has been in some real bad movies. <laughs> yes, he's been trying, man. He just tries. Speaking of trying, y'all should try and get some Uncharted Media merch. At T Public, which is our sponsor, as per usual. Uh, if you ever need any Uncharted Media merch, whether it's shirts, T-shirts, mugs, notebooks, whatever, you can find it in the link in the description. It helps out the show, and if you like what you see, uh, we're we're thinking about doing some more designs at some point down the road. So if you like Uncharted Media merch, go check that out, and that maybe at some point we'll do like a aluminum foil hat, shirt, or whatever else. <laughs> it's time to talk Shang Chi because. Yes, please. Mm. Now, I am not going to lie. I went into this movie really, really hesitant just because I thought the trailers were all just kind of fine. Not bad, but not necessarily like the best that they could have put forward. And then you see the movie and you understand why. Because as we're going to talk about in this spoiler-filled discussion, so again, last call, if you have not seen Shang-Chi, back away now. If you don't care about spoilers, stick with us. 
Uh, the reason the trailers are kind of lackluster is because they only showed the first 25 minutes in all the trailers. Like, they really pulled yeah. an Avengers Endgame when all those Endgame trailers just showed the beginning when them going after Thanos. They did the exact same thing here. That bus fight that you see in all the trailers is at the beginning. But how good was that bus fight, bro? Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to be straight with you. And I told, texted this to you. I knew I was in for a treat. When they physically snapped a man's neck on screen and you heard the crack, I was like, oh, that's... Marvel doesn't do that. That's... um, Okay. And then just from there, we're just going all the time. And that bus fight is a wonderful, tasty morsel of the beginning of a feast that is Shang-Chi. I just... Golly. Well, I don't know where to start, man. Um, it's such a good movie. Let's let's start with, with the main man himself, Simu oh. Liu. Uh, I love him so much in this. I was not familiar with his work. I know some people uh, know him from a show called Kim's Convenience, uh, which is really popular and it got cancelled recently, I think. Um, he's quickly in this movie becomes one of my favorite Marvel characters just for his, I want to say unusual charisma, but it kind of is because like Tony Stark had this presence to him. Steve Rogers had this presence to him. His Shang-Chi has a very human and relatability to him that you don't see in any other Marvel character. Like you just immediately understand him and you just like him. He's not like, the overly confident hero, but he's so pretty confident in who he is. Like he just seems like the two, the super chill dude that you just want to kick back and hang out with. He's, he's refreshingly different. Like he's not like awkward, like Spider-Man, but he's not cocky. Like Tony, he's, he's just normal. And I really, mm-hmm. I really liked him. It made it all the better when he becomes who he was destined to be by the end. You're just like, yeah, I think, the other thing, too, is two things. Uh, one, I think what something that makes him such a likable character right off the bat is you can see where his heart is and that it's not like... It's kind of like how that one scene in Captain America, the first Avenger, when he's like, I can do this all day. Or when he jumps on the grenade, it's like, okay, that's that's who he is. For me, it's that first like five five minutes or whatever when we meet him and he wakes up he like goes sees his best friend they have fun at work they go to karaoke bars afterwards and then they talk you know like it's just like such a good relatability like we can't overlook guy i we can't he is fantastic we can't overlook though uh i really appreciate seeing the look of when he goes to visit aquafina the dynamic that he has not just with her but with her family of like seeing mm-hmm. hey we leave this spot at the table empty for people that have gone mm-hmm. ahead of us like it's a d- nice refreshing look at a clearly different culture than our own but done in such a respectful and enlightening way of just like this is a different way that the world lives and doing it so respectfully of just um I don't know, it's just so humanly relatable about it. And also, mm-hmm. thank God they didn't set him and Aquafina up. I would have been okay with them being a couple, but I like the idea mm-hmm. that you can just have men and women be friends and just be platonic friends in this. Yeah, um, I, I think I think the, the coolest part too is like you don't even see a hint in Katie at all about that she like finds Shane attractive at all until... 
his shirt is off like halfway into the movie and even of, then, like when he's about to fight he's like huh and even then okay. she's not really flirting with him she's just like no, where'd your yeah. shirt go dude yeah like oh i didn't know you had that money okay cool whatever like and i think that's a testament to her character and the actress who's playing her is like she's just I think, to me, she is the most relatable character of Marvel history, period. She's just... And I think she's, like, the best friend... To me, I think she is our voice in the movie in that... And, like, gosh, she's just such a good friend. Like, Shane's, like, literally, like, I killed a dude. I'm sorry. And she's, like, but who are you now? Like, that's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I was like, yeah, man! Like... Oh, good friendship. And even, like, towards the end, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but even when at the end when she lays his, uh, her head on his shoulder and they kind of have, like, a little moment there at the end, it was like, that still feels very platonic. platonic yeah. very, and even towards the, the that first end credit scene, still feels very platonic and very, like, yeah, like, best friends. Absolutely. But yet, at the same time, like, if anything happens to her, oh, he gonna ruin your day. He will kill everyone. <laughs> and he will do it. Because going into this, you're just like, how is a guy that's really good at kung fu going to be on par with other Avengers? Oh, no. Don't get me wrong. He's not on par with Avengers. He would whoop most of the Avengers that are yes, currently absolutely. on the roster. Like, oh, my absolutely. God. he's Now he's like a broken video game character almost. Like... And that's before he gets the rings. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. But when he, like, legitimately murders people on screen. And... Okay. Speaking of murder. Um, yes. A weird transition, but go with me here. I was really, really glad that they actually deleted a line that was in the trailers. Do you remember in one of the trailers, they're at the dinner scene, uh, and he says something along the lines of, he's just a criminal who murders people. I thought that line in the trailer was so god-awful and so poorly delivered. And I think Marvel agrees because that line does not show up in the movie. I was waiting for it because in all the trailers, Shang-Chi just seemed charismatic and seemed very natural. And then that, for some reason, line of dialogue just felt so unnatural. It was kind of like um, Rogue One. I rebel. Like, it was so awful that it doesn't even mm -hmm. end up in the final movie because even the people cutting it are like, yeah, that doesn't work. But... Yeah, he straight up murders people in this movie. <laughs> he does. Okay, so let's... Um, I, I think I'm going to give my final, like, overall thoughts, and then we should just kind of go through the film. Yeah, well, as best as I can, because I saw it on Friday, so I'm trying to remember as best as yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, the I feel you. I saw it yesterday, I'm still like... Ugh. Yeah, um, so you're fresh. The two things I want to say right off the bat that I think I appreciated the most. One and I think it speaks to them taking that line out, is the moral grayness of, of his dad. Mm -hmm. It's not that the, what drives him is not that he's an evil dude. He wants his wife back. And so he just is going through all the means that he has in order to get his wife back because he knows at its core, it's his fault. And I love that his kids embrace that like, my dad asked me, so is his sister, is she going to be bad now? Is that? I was like, dude, I don't know. And I'm okay if she is. I'm okay if she's not. I'm okay if she just stays right there where she has been. She's not necessarily a bad person, but she's... Just because you bad guy does not make you bad guy. Bad guy, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Zangief. I, I really, really love that 
it speaks to the moral greatness all the way up to the point where you you do find out that it's he is not the big bad the thing that driving the bad that the big bad big quotation marks there is not something that anybody any of the main characters could really do anything about to stop up until they get certain abilities and whatnot um the other thing i appreciate is and i want to say this as clearly as i can i almost teared up at the scene in the skyscraper when he's fighting his ex-trainer because whole first of all great scene all the way leading up to that point and then they it's like all right cool we are here this is a big showdown we saw this little clip in the trailer cool and then it's almost as close to a one shot as you can get no weird slow-mo great camera angles they're showing everything and just it just goes and i was just like this is this is beautiful how do you like it was just so like you said Marvel has heard my complaints, apparently, of like, I want to see the action! Like, show me that stuff! Like, to the point my, my brother Philip was like, could you imagine if they took that style of filming and put it onto Winter Soldier, where you can oh. see everything? I was like, oh, doll, oh, that's so... Like, because I love Winter Soldier, but, like, adding that, like, just... The camera's not a part of the action, it's watching the action. And I just, ah, oh, it's just, I, the choreography in general in this movie is fantastic. And I, like, I just can't, I want to watch it again just for the choreography. Like, it's just so good. Oh, oh yeah. When I, when it comes available on home video, I'm going to be rewatching the bus fight over and over again. Because oh, I think the bus fight, even more so than the skyscraper fight, was the perfect showcase of his actual hand-to-hand combat skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that felt more like a traditional martial arts scene, whereas... The skyscraper scene felt more like a traditional Jackie Chan action scene of working mm-hmm. from the ground up using environmental stuff for both escape and for damage. I kind of very much got like a police story vibe when he was running yes! away um, mm. and the bus fight, like the split kick. We squealed at in the trailer because it was so good. But the the word I kept going with was the fluidity of the bus fight. It was so smooth. Like, it just transitions. It's like a really well-choreographed wrestling match of just transitions so perfectly to the next move, and everyone's just hitting their spots perfectly. It was gorgeous. And then you got the bad guy from Creed Two in Ivan Drago as Razor Fist, mm-hmm. who falls a little bit in the cliche, uh, uh, cheesy, cliched 80s muscle, but he's still endearing and he's still fun. It's... It's he the, still, the he best still sort of works, way, yeah. uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him going forward. But yeah, the choreography was so brilliant. The music that accompanied, accompanied every fight scene just matched so well. Like, yes, I'm, I'm getting into this. Like, the skyscraper fight. Like, it was very different sounding style mm-hmm. than most MCU movies, and I really, really appreciated that. It very much leaned into its traditional roots for its sound which i think helps immerse you more into the world which i really really yeah. dug well and i like that like, especially in the this people are dying like the consequences of every action are for the most part shown like so when somebody gets thrown out the window you're like oh yeah that's that man's dead like there's no no way he's alive and i think when you're talking about fluidity i uh, to me they treat even their little side characters, their little, you know, henchmen, like 
Oh, I don't know. These guys are still trained killers. So while Shang-Chi is really good, they are also good. And if Shang-Chi screws up, they will get, they will kill him. So it's like, they actually treated their henchmen with like a level of respect of like, yo, like these guys are all trained killers and we need to treat them as such. And uh, that's very evident in the, in the train, in the bus scene. And really like throughout the whole movie, they even, it doesn't matter if you're just a henchman. You're you are a dangerous person, and I and I appreciate that a lot. I think it, it brought some serious seriousness to all of the fights. One of my only real complaints, besides I think the ending, but we'll get there, um, is Death Dealer, who is the person that trains Shang Chi as a kid. Mm-hmm. I think was really really underutilized, just because I think that design was so cool, and the mm-hmm. look and the. The fights were so well done. But then you really look into it and you realize Death Dealer is not a big comic book character, like, at all. Like, shows up in four issues and that's about it. I'm going, well, then don't make your character look so cool. Because he kind of looks like a hybrid between um, the bad guy from Big Hero 6 and something from Avatar, like, merged into one. And his fighting style was so fluid. And I love the mask. And then you just kind of MCU sidekick him like he went out so unceremoniously you're just like but he looks so cool and i was gonna get his pop figure now now he's a loser that dies but like he goes out though because and i think a part of that was to show how dangerous the creatures were was like it doesn't matter how dangerous i get that but he kind of it felt like he kind of went out like a wimp when like i mean I no other no other bad guy went out like that well well except for one (laughs) except for one yeah yeah, uh, I just yeah, it's his mask. Unfortunately, reminded me a lot of the Three Little Ninjas movies. I don't know if you ever saw those. Uh, is that a no? Is three? That... I remember Three Ninjas. Oh, Three Ninjas, whatever. Like Three Ninjas on kids. Mega Mountain. The, it's the three kids, man. Yeah, that's Three and Ninjas. All... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all three of their masks look exactly like Death Dealer's mask, and you can't <laughs> tell me otherwise. You'll see it, and you won't be able to unsee it. Well, now if I can't get Death Dealer's Funko Pop just because he's a pansy, can I please have a Morris Pop figure? Because Morris yeah. was my favorite character in this movie by far. <laughs> Morris, a headless, buttless <laughs> dog with wings. Sounds weird, but I need more Morris oh. in my life. Now I'm just picturing Dude. Morris... In some of the best MCU scenes of like Avengers Assemble, <laughs> headless, buttless dog thing, dude, and like bringing up Morris, like how gracefully did they handle the whole Trevor thing? I really, really appreciated the them being like, yeah, some American terrorists wanted to scare people, so they brought in a a Asian stereotype and then named him after a chicken dish. Like, how terrible is that? Like, and and, and the, even Trevor's like, yeah, it was kind of weird, man. And I, I, I don't but know. But I got paid. I, I got paid. That's all that matters. <laughs> and I got clean. <laughs> it's the best acting I've a... ever done. <laughs> I mean, he's such a treat. The rest of the movie, too. Is, like, the, his little bit about the, the uh, Planet of the Apes still makes me laugh. Because they're like... They're all like waiting for like so. It's the um the frozen moment where when they're like somebody gonna tell him? somebody wanna tell him? no no okay nobody's gonna tell him all right cool. Like <laughs> it's like, such a good <laughs> joke though too for those that don't remember he's just like Planet of the Apes changed my life they taught those apes to ride horses <laughs> we're just like 
nope. That, nope. That's that's not it. But... Oh man! And he's uh, and they're all like, uh, he's like, that's when I realized they didn't teach the monkeys how to ride horses. And you're like, okay, cool. He's almost there. And he's like, they taught the monkeys how to act like they were riding horses. I was like, no, take it, Trevor. <laughs> but Tre- yeah, Trevor was. Trevor was, it's Trevor's almost, it was also a good way to, I still very much hate Iron Man 3 because of the Mandarin twist, mm-hmm. but it was a good way to kind of retcon that because, you know, Marvel always planned that Mandarin twist. That's always what the plan was to later introduce Shang-Chi down the road. That's always, that's always what the plan was. How dare you think otherwise? Um, but the entire yeah. cast, Shang-Chi was great. Morris was great. Uh, let's talk about Tony Leung as Wen Wu, as the main quote-unquote antagonist before we get to the ending mm-hmm. i don't know if we've ever had a more sympathetic and conflicting main villain like you can make a case for maybe uh michael keaton's vulture but yeah that's probably the closest like he marvel is finally improving their villains between thanos killmonger vulture and now Wen Wu. he's so mm-hmm. good and i saw some people complaining about the out of order timeline but to me it always made sense because of when things were revealed like if we got a full 20 minute flashback dump i don't think it would have been as effective of just like i was actually waiting for most of this movie for the reveal that the mom's not dead and they didn't like an aquaman situation of like yeah show that the mom's still alive and that will turn the dad oh no the mom's dead in like a horrible way going out at the hands of like mm-hmm. 50 people um but yeah. you immediately and fall I, for both the mom and the dad because their connection of like when they meet you're like oh this is nice and he was normal at one point and also tell me you didn't get nostalgia flashback seeing the family do dance dance revolution you're like <laughs> oh my feet are tired just looking at this yeah it's he is fantastic like he's the, the moral greatness and i think what what was what I was taken aback because up until the point you meet him, both Shane and his sister are both like, nah, he's a terrible be- human being. He did this to us. He, you know, this is what his place in the world is like, blah, blah, blah. And then you meet him and he's charming. He's caring. He seems like he, he cares about the per- people around him. And like all the way up to the moment where he blames Shang-Chi for the death of his mom because he was like, why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you do anything? And he was like six. And there was like how to fight. 50 dudes. Yeah, I was like, oh, this man is just broken. This is a man that and he does such a good job of portraying the guy that has all the power in the world and has all the money in the world but it's love that broke broke him down. It's just it's he's such a good villain all the way up into the end. And the mom was great. I also really really dug Michelle Yeoh as Shang Chi's aunt. So like the sister yeah, of the wife. Yeah. Uh, not a big role, but an important one. The moment I knew this is going to be Josh's favorite MCU movie was the first time that Wen Wu meets his soon to be wife Shang Chi's mom, and they fight for the first time. Quote unquote fight. Oh. I was like, holy crap! You were just going. F- full balls to the wall classic martial arts movie here like i was like oh "Oh, josh is gonna dig this oh (laughs) i can't even tell you how much i was smiling and like 
can we just point out to the fact like the first mm, I want to say close to 20 minutes are very subtitle heavy Yes. Like, how cool is it? I appreciated like, that they didn't have the Asian actors speaking English. Yeah. I think and it added to the authenticity of the characters themselves of like, and even like speaking throughout the, throughout the rest of the show, the movie, speaking Mandarin and Cantonese to each other whenever they like, just, it just felt so natural and a part of the world. And I just appreciated it so much. But yeah, that, and then when, when she like does the, the the thing and i was like oh hey it's a it's a, it's a panda panda a kung fu panda moment here, here we go all right cool you're just waiting for the kung fu panda oh. music to kick in her chi aligns and it hadouken oh bro hey man given then, the fact that ancient creatures exist now you know and then warriors, not at the you. end when shang chi does his mom's move which is oh. like so good it's like so you have been watching kung fu panda which if we do not get a kung fu fighting panda in the sequel which y'all it could theoretically happen if we can have a headless buttless dog with wings we can have a martial arts panda in the mcu bring in jack black to the mcu please i don't care what (gasps) how would you feel about jack black as the thing nope (laughs) <laughs> just just throwing that out there <laughs> no i as much as i love jack black i don't think that he he doesn't personally fit i at least I he's clobbering time hey it's clobbering time skinny like just that doesn't work um it's the school of clobbering time yeah yeah um just, as he punches so dr doom skadoosh skadoosh like oh so good i uh yeah hmm there's just so much i love about this Josh, movie just can't even like, think of words um, I, like legitimately like my dad asked me how i felt about it when we got when we left the theater and i was like i i, I it's so good i don't know there's just so much respect they have for the source material that when the source material this is what's key to me i think is they took source material that is borderline racist and pretty bland as heck yeah boring super bland and racist and just like really leaned in and really leans on stereotypes of the day and makes it super respectful to the culture makes it super interesting and entertaining to the point where like the coolest thing about the movie is not the dragon at the end. Like, how do you... Like, the dragon It looked was a little cool. weird, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it looked pretty tra- traditional for dragons, but... No, it's... not, like, weird design-wise. Weird as in, like... So you're, like, 95% done with the CGI? But... <laughs> the last yes. five? Uh, yeah. But, like, it just... Like, that was... That's a really cool character, and it's not the coolest thing about your movie. Like, the, how, how do you pull that off? Like, it's just... I think to me, and I, I get it when people hear Chapek say this is an experiment. Like I see, I see what Chapek is saying is like this is not necessarily a quote unquote mainstream kind of content that we're used to. But at the same time, that's not going to be considered an experiment. This is a triumph, if anything. It is like, <sighs> and anime is more mainstream than you think, jerk. Anyway, like. If this is not an MCU and it was just a standalone martial arts movie, I would still love it. Because, honestly, it really didn't even have that many ties to the MCU. You've got some disappointing 
end credits, which people hyped up the end credits for so long. They're like, oh, the mid credits. People are standing up and cheering in my theater. People are losing their mind. I see it and I'm going, can I have my money back for just the end credits? Because the end credits set up future things. The mid credits, I know they set up future things, but don't say that people were like stood up and cheered in your audience. Like, yeah, it really was not that exciting. Yeah. It was nah. human Dr. Banner again. Cool. And Captain Marvel with long hair. Cool. It's not like they're just like, oh, it's a beacon for dangerous things out there. And then like Galactus or something, or, like some tease for that. Or what I should, what I said they should have done as the end credits of there's a uh, Wong or somebody else, or maybe even Michelle Yeoh's character would be like, S- now because you are the king of the Ten Rings. You need to be willing it at a moment's notice to defend those and just drop it there because I swear to God, the next movie better be Shang-Chi and the Iron Fist. I think Iron Fist is the direction they're going. Obviously, the end credits did tease Fin Fang Foom coming, but whatever. I don't care about Fin Fang Foom as much as I care about Shang-Chi and Iron Fist squaring off. And there's really no Iron Fist teases. However... You've got that one scene where it's uh, the mom or the aunt is wearing the green tunic with the yellow trim that I'm like, those colors seem familiar. Hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. I, if they do that, I want it. I want it traditional style. Oh so yeah, like, they're recasting Iron Fist for sure. <laughs> I, I, I I'd want uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Iron Fist. We um, mm, because no I'll, because they, it's it'd be a harken back a to their their source material whatever but also to the classic kung fu movie the man with the iron fist but uh, that's, like, the, that's the problem is this one is called shang chi and the legend of the ten rings so to have two back-to-back legend of movies i bro like who are you talking to i, I give no crap yes Do tom it. hardy's gonna show up as iron fist no he can't He's he's obviously getting ready to be Wolverine. He's anyway, gonna be Wolverine um, Fist. <laughs> Wolverine. Oh, that's horrifying. Um, <laughs> kind of like kind of like the idea of Spider-Man Sorcerer Supreme. That's absolutely terrifying. Mm. Which I need to catch up on. What if? Really bad. I have not. They're hit or miss, episode. but this past week was pretty good. But yeah, I, Iron Fist is coming. I think they will. I know some people are like, oh, we might get Charlie Cox's Daredevil in No Way Home. I'm going. Are we going to get a completely yeah, yeah. recasted Iron Fist in the next Shang-Chi? Because seriously, that has to be the end goal. Like, you've got the greatest Kung Fu fighter and the other greatest Kung Fu fighter in MCU of Iron Fist out there somewhere. Just please don't stick with the Netflix version. Because you you yourselves have finally acknowledged that that's not canon. Um, yeah. And it was awful. And, I- and you have a chance to redeem yourself because you showed in this movie... That you can actually properly update somewhat bland and uninteresting costumes. Like, I think his Shang-Chi's uniform in this that he wears at the end is leaps and bounds better than his gi in the comics. I think that's just very generic and straightforward. Also, I appreciate any superhero that still wears Jordans in their final fight. (laughs) If you look carefully, he still has just regular kicks on. Like, he doesn't change those at all. Him and Miles (laughs) will just stick to wearing red and black Jordans, and I actually fully appreciate that. I like, the amount of people wearing Chacos in this movie is awesome, too. Like, I just... uh, There's so much... 
the weird I need the I think the thing I need more explanation on is Han's relationship with uh, Abomination. First of all, Abomination is a thing. Second of all, he's he's been a with thing. Han Wong. Uh, Han is Fast and Furious. Wow, you are. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's not yeah, get wow. our Asian actors mixed up, dude. Yeah, I feel I, I my brain is bad. Uh, Abomination's but, but been still. around for like ten years. Just. Marvel wanted you to forget about him because he's Hulk and Hulk is legal headache for Disney <laughs> this day. But, but like Wong, I still like I need I need that relationship explained why like, right like, away, please. That feels like it's gonna be like a Disney one shot on Disney Plus of just like Wong and the Abomination go to the grocery store or something. <laughs> like I like way to make one like a super fun character now. I mean too. he's always like, been a fun character. Yes, but like like brings it out of the shadow of uh doctor strange of not he's like his own thing now too as of right now i like wong more than doctor strange (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i i think my favorite thing right now is the people being like oh do you really think that doctor strange like and this is like always in the defense of like no it's actually metafisto i was like shut up metafisto metafisto you know what i mean um but they're always like, oh, do you really think like anything about about Doctor Strange's personality is would say that he would just I don't know change space and time for a teenager? And then, then somebody's always like, you mean the guy that was driving ninety on the side of a uh, of a cliff while texting? That that guy that's not reckless. And listen okay, to Chuck cool. Mangiani while doing surgery. <laughs> like yeah, but yeah, Shang Chi is great. I think. Um. We are definitely heading in the direction, especially with the um, the mid credit scene. We are definitely heading in the direction of uh, Celestials becoming a big deal. I have no yeah. doubt in my mind now that Galactic Galactus is on the way. Um, yeah, but that, I, it, that's especially if it with the just the, the the all the rumors with Fantastic Four. It just it just it makes sense. Yeah, I think we will get it, but I think that'll be. A very slow burn, even unfortunately slower yeah. burn than Thanos. Like if anything, we will get like an Avengers movie, and at the end of that Avengers movie, we'll get like a Silver Surfer tease or something. Like Galactus, I think mm-hmm. will be coming, but we've got that. To me, I've always thought with Galactus, Galactus has to be like the last resort. Because honestly, where do you go after Galactus? Like yeah, you can bring in like yeah. a Nihilus or somebody else, but Galactus is like the be all end all. He's literally the planet killer. And yeah, I, I yeah, I wouldn't. Be, I, I see ooh, them with them introducing the multiverse. I would not be complain at all if, because it's Disney, I could see them doing this. Galactus eats the worlds of other Marvel movies. So if they eat, if he eats, people are gonna hate me. But if he eats, Raimi's Spider-Man's world, or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's world, or fox x-men's world like that and that's will why those characters are showing up uh-huh oh i like that a lot what can i say way, except you're welcome you're welcome um even though if that's not if that is the case i don't see galactic galactus like properly showing up until maybe the end of c of phase six mm-hmm. depending on how depending on how long say phase five is but yeah I will probably be married and have children. Or the time dead. Galactus shows up. Oh, dead. Yeah, because I, I, I have had a running joke for a while that I'll be dead by 35. But anyway, um, which is 
only six years from now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about something else that doesn't make me feel old. Josh quickly Googles, how many concussions before death? <laughs> That's why I think I laughed so hard in the Jackass trailer. It was like, man, concussions suck, but as long as you have them before 50, you think you're fine. And Knoxville's and 29. Knoxville's, so he's good. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's dive into some – we'll finish out with some more positives, but let's delve into some negatives because I, I think there's – no okay. movie's perfect. I think there are some negatives. It yeah, didn't throw me off. But I can forgive people if the ending took some people out of it. Like, we very much grounded this movie with some um, otherworldly elements, with the Ten Rings themselves being some form of supernatural. But I can understand why people would not be down with, all of a sudden, a gigantic sea dragon coming out of nowhere and fighting a evil demon from the underworld. I didn't mind that. What I did mind was some of the CG, I thought, did not look incredibly polished or finished. Like, it could have used a little bit more. Um... It also kind of felt like an easy way out for the the villain of just like, all right, you don't have to be responsible for your own actions. But those are really like my only real nitpicks. Other than that, like I thought it was paced incredibly well. I think they had the right balance of humor. Like they didn't overuse it. I only had issues with the humor one time. And that was when Shang-Chi was explaining his life story to Katie. And then like just midway through the scene, the waitress is just like, do you want beef or sausage? Oh. And it's just like, <laughs> we were kind of in the middle of a story here. And then they like, don't go yeah. back to the story. It just sort of like, yeah. I guess we'll just talk. I'm like, it just was so jarring. And the joke didn't really land. For, it was like a family guy joke. Like it either works for you or it really doesn't. And they'll keep dragging it out, insisting that the joke will work for you at some point. But I yeah. appreciate that Marvel did not lay the humor on too thick. Like Aquafina, I thought was perfectly utilized in this movie. I thought she was going to be more of a comedic relief, but she was a fully fleshed out and competent character with her own little arc that was really, really well done. It's not saying it wasn't devoid of humor. There's still some really good laughs, but it wasn't like typical laugh a minute, which I actually thought worked better for this movie. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think. I would have the problem with uh, the villain switch at the end if Shang Chi's dad didn't die. If yeah. he didn't, if he, if he, because like to me that was the the consequences of his actions was, oh, I fell into heartbreak so badly, so so much that I even fought my own son and in tr- and in reality released a, a, an evil creature. He. That is the consequence. And the fact that the thing that takes his life is the creature that he releases, I think is even more, I don't want to say comeuppance, but like that's the consequences, unfortunately. That, and to me, for that creature, that was always the plan. That mm-hmm. was never, it was never, it was never, there was never a scenario where his dad was going to make it out. So I, I don't have as much of a problem as that. I do think, while I understood it, I think how he kills the the creature could have been a little bit more clear. Yes. Um, I like I get it in that. To me, I saw all the rings moving around, and it had been somewhat clear that it's not like they it's like the rings still occupy physical space. So I saw them moving around inside the creature, like oh, it's tearing that thing up inside. And then when he released them out, it was like oh, okay, cool. So it's destroying him from the inside out okay cool i'm down fine but it definitely could have been a lot clearer about uh but 
And then uh, that airplane joke, it didn't. The only reason I didn't mind it was was I was. To me, it was like, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what happens on airplanes. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, okay. I or mean, it's restaurants. A little, a little like yeah, when the server comes yeah. up for some reason, just out of force of habit, you just stop your conversation. Yeah. Like even if yeah. it's not important, you're just like, I'm uncomfortable talking about just my life. Yeah. So like I, there was a, I agree that it was pretty jarring, but a, the certain aspect of it was like, okay, yeah, I feel that, and I, I I totally understand where you're coming from, and even like how they tell their stories to each other at the at the to the other couple at, at, at over the table. I was like, yeah, that's. That's how you tell stories to people when you're talking. It's like, I don't know. Um, that's more positive. Negative, negative, negative. Um, I agree. Death, uh, death dealer should have been utilized more. Um, other than just the really cool trainer who has a couple good fights. Um, <sighs> Still got treated better than, um, what's his face, in Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I'm trying to think of like actual negatives because there's so much I would I'm I have to really really nitpick, um, which is saying a lot. Uh, I maybe I want to say maybe set up like the existence of the dragon a little bit more, but they do a really good job of laying hints throughout the movie. Yeah, that like dragons are real and not and all that stuff. Um. Maybe a little bit of CGI in the end. I mean, definitely made it a little darker to kind of save themselves a little bit in that scene. Um, and there's some camera work in that CGI fight that could have been a little bit better. Little I would have put the I would have put the camera a little further out, like more wide shots. Mm-hmm. It, there's a yeah. little too many close-ups of just like you have these big things, shoot them wide. Mm-hmm. I definitely think um, the scene where. Razor Fist is like, you know, I'm not going to fall for that. You're going to have to, you know, no way. There's not another thing coming, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the the thing kills one of his guys. And he's like, yeah, let's work together. I would, I think I would have taken a, a beat, a little, a few beats longer to do that. It's the exact same joke from the Avengers. To, Why should we listen to you? That's, and that's my point. That's my point is that the timing of that one is better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite snap is and it doesn't give as much of the comedic snap as it probably could have if they had just waited maybe like a beat or two more but like i'm really nitpicking here i there's so much i love about this movie that like there's so many actors that i never thought would be in quote-unquote mainstream films that are in this movie that i'm that i have just i've been watching for so many years like have oh okay Weird thing, and I have to look it up to confirm. But you did you ever watch Kung Pao? Yes. Okay, you know the villain in that guy in mm-hmm. that? I'm almost certain and I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure the villain in that movie is the same guy that's the the bow teacher in Shang Chi. Hmm. I'm not sure I have I'm to look that almost, up. I'm almost I'm assuming you certain, saw like the kung fu hustle poster in his room and flipped out oh absolutely are you kidding me yes but like it's just there's so much about this movie to like i think and uh, again this is speaking as someone who's kind of grown up and has loved kung fu movies for a long time and a lot of asian culture and anime and all these sorts of things that this is such a celebration of of eastern culture that it's it's hard it's hard for me to not enjoy it 
Now, if you had to, where where do you see like the sequels of the future Shang Chi movies going? I that's tough because if we're heading in the direction of the Celestials, I don't know how 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 much more we're gonna spend in that world until we come back to Iron Fist. Um, I don't know. I think I really I think I'm with you. I just think go go get go back get Iron Fist involved, and then. I'm, that's all I really. I hate to say that's all I need from that world, but I don't know enough about the world of Shang Chi to really have like a solid thing of like, hey, let's do more in this kind of realm, other than hey, let's go and get these characters involved and then bring them back and stuff like that. I, I, I see completely. I think it's completely natural for him to get involved with Strange and some of those people. Um, I'll be interested to see where they what they do with Katie, mm, because that's where I was going with it. Yeah i I don't see her staying the same kind of person she is. Not in like in character work, but like just the girl that happens to be good at shooting bows. I don't see that still being her. I see some. I don't know exactly what they would do with her, but I could totally see her getting some kind of powers later on making her her own fleshed out hero of some sort now i wasn't thinking katie i was actually thinking uh his sister i wouldn't be surprised Mm. if we get iron fist and i i swear the next one is probably going to be iron fist it just makes the most sense of you Mm -hmm. just got this you're now more officially the title of the best martial artist in the world well someone's going to challenge you for that obviously uh but then it'll be like batman versus superman they'll God, the two of them working together in like a raid style scene, mm-hmm. maybe to get back the rings. So we Uh-oh, already saw. Here the, we, go. we already saw the skyscraper with his sister. Imagine the MCU version of the raid with Shang Chi and Iron Fist having to climb story by story to get to the top of his sister's building to get his rings back from his sister. Because I think at some point. Shang-Chi will have to fight his sister because she'll want the rings. She's clearly being set up to be the next quote-unquote Mandarin type. So maybe she gets the rings and him and Iron Fist have to go raid-style, floor-by-floor without the rings. What if... So she's trying to... We're just spitballing here, obviously. (sighs) But, so... Yummy. Um, She's... Obviously, she's rebuilding. She said she wants to rebuild the Ten Rings to its kind of its former glory, but then also make it something of her own. What if, at some point, Rand Industries gets involved with the Ten Rings, and so that's your connection? And so maybe I'm trying to figure out how to get Danny there, but she teams up with the Hand. You could absolutely. She gets overzealous have... now that she rules the Ten Rings. She wants to rule the hand as well. So it says, it says the because te- at the end of the movie it says the Ten Rings will return, and I was like, okay, well, what if? And this seems kind of the naming of things is a little weird, but like, what if they did Iron Fist and the Ten Rings is the next movie, and so it's instead of the physical Ten Rings, it's Danny Rand versus the Hand and the Ten Ring Gang. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be an interesting play. It's, you know, I, I don't know how to get in, get everything involved, but I agree. I think she's she's going to turn into somebody that the while her character is 
is so well developed in Shang-Chi. I think she's going to, much like her father, her obsession with power and building a, a life of her own is going to um, definitely change her going forward, I think. Yeah. Well, where are we? What would you guys think? Have you seen Shang-Chi? If so, what do you guys think about it? What are some of your thoughts and opinions of what they should do going forward? Do you hope they bring in Iron Fist? Do you think they'll go in more of a celestial direction and bring in more of the cosmic threats? What do you guys think? Did you like it? Did you not? We always like hearing from you guys, so comment down below. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube as we're really, really close to 500 subscribers and we want to get over that threshold so we can start moving on to the next big threshold after that. Uh, and if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.